Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. is Zechariah's version of Palm Sunday, recorded in Zechariah 9, starting at verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim, and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. The epistle lesson is the sermon text for today. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and 
and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord, we rise for the gospel. According to St. Mark, the 11th chapter. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Tell him the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. They untied it. Some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? And they answered, just, they answered as Jesus had told them to. And the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. This is the gospel of the Lord. God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our epistle reading from Philippians chapter 2. Let us pray. Most gracious King, humble servant, loving God, bless our lives with your presence and with your peace this holy week. As you consider our Savior's suffering and death, let us always be thankful for your great love. As we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. 
Paul tells us, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's our text. Well, you can imagine the scene. It was Palm Sunday and Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, right? He was riding in on that blazing white stallion, kicking up a cloud of dust as he rode into town. Uh, Jesus was looking for trouble, right? The people that passed on his way, uh, that he passed along the way, they were in awe at that beautiful horse and they were awestruck by the man that was riding in it. So much as Jesus passed on by people, he could hear the people say, who is that man, right? They're bad guys, and Jesus came to town to deal with them, and it's exactly what he did. And, and that large crowd gathered around to see what the commotion was all about, and this great stallion stood up on its hind legs and neighed loudly and pawed at the air, and, and Jesus rode off into the sunset, and you could hear that William Tell overture, right? Now, that makes a great story, doesn't it? <laughs> but then again, it didn't quite happen that way, did it? We might wish that Jesus' entry into Jerusalem was a bit more spectacular. But that's not what happened that first Palm Sunday. There's no denying that there's a little touch of glory uh, in the entrance of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem. After all, Jesus is welcomed as a hero, isn't he? People had heard how he had raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, even though he'd been dead for four days. The news spread about Jesus, how he healed people. He healed people that were incurably sick. The, the blind were able to see. The deaf were able to hear. The lame were able to walk. The uh, people were, uh, restored people to their families after he had driven out evil spirits. Uh, the news had reached the people of Jerusalem about this compassion and love of Jesus, how he showed mercy, even to people like those uh, tax collectors and prostitutes. Needless to say, the crowd at Jerusalem was pretty excited that this miracle-working teacher was coming to town. And so as we heard today, they, they waved those prom branches, they spread their cloaks out on the ground and shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. They welcomed him as they would a king. Because this was the man who was going to come in the name of the Lord to intervene into their wretched circumstances of their lives and give them some kind of a hope for a future. This was the man who would give them freedom from the Roman oppression that they suffered under, bring them prosperity and bring a time of peace to their troubled land. Is it any wonder that they cheered? They cheered, they, they paved the way with those palm branches, right? And their clothing, their cloaks. In the eyes of the crowd, no doubt, Jesus is that promised king sent by God. But this king is different. There's no white stallion. No show of that power and strength as he rides in. No William Tell overture playing in the background. Instead, he rides in on a humble donkey. An animal used to cart things from one place to another. I was thinking of that modern equivalent, and 
And I guess you could say a donkey in those days is a bit like a truck or a utility vehicle and to, for, the, for farmers or tradespeople today, right? You could load up a donkey like a truck. <laughs> you could be loaded up and drive it to wherever you wanted to deliver the load. And so if we were to put Palm Sunday maybe in, in the modern times, we could say, you know, Jesus entered town in the back of a pickup truck, if you will. Not too glamorous. Not too glamorous if you were to compare it to, say, like a chauffeur-driven, leather-seated, air-conditioned stretch limo. <laughs> Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. As he rode along, he didn't smile. He didn't give royal waves to the people, you know, like that. Uh, as they passed the streets, his heart was heavy. In Luke's gospel, Luke tells us that Jesus, as he got closer to the city, he wept. He cried because he knew that his enemies had begun their plot as to how they would get rid of him. He cried because he all knew all too well that the crowds that would be shouting their praises for this new king, uh, uh, later on there'd be a crowd, but they would be crying out, crucify him, crucify him. He wept because... They wanted peace in their city, but they could not see Jesus as the true source of peace, forgiveness, a restored relationship with God. They could not see that into their midst came the Prince of Peace. Jesus wept with grief because he could see a time when Jerusalem would be just nothing but a pile of rubble, rocks upon rocks, and the people waving palm branches, they would fall under the sword of the Romans. This is no ordinary king coming in on a donkey. This king has come differently. This king has come to serve. He is a humble servant king. On Good Friday, we see that love, the love that caused Jesus to be burdened with the sin of the whole world and all of humanity, this king giving up his life for you and for me. And it's in this context that we're confronted with Paul's words to his Philippian friends. Now, Paul, it seems, according to some scholars, he's like quoting an early Christian hymn that speaks about Christ and who he is and what he has done for us. I mean, it's almost like a little bit of a mini creed presenting these contrasting pictures of, of Jesus as king and as servant. Listen to his reading again. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, right, the king, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obe obedient unto death, even death on the cross. So at the heart of Jesus' work is that humbleness, that, that selfless desire that he gave up all he had, taking on that very nature of a servant, humbled, walking the path, of obedience all the way to death, all the way to the cross. This Palm Sunday king did not come to dominate. He didn't come to lord it over others. He came to serve. Always considering the needs of others first, even if that meant giving up his own life. Even if it meant laying down his own life, then he would do it. You know, the theme of uh, the service uh, comes through powerfully throughout Jesus' whole ministry, doesn't it? Remember what happened later this week at the Lord's Supper. When the disciples gather, there's really no one there to wash off the disciples' feet before 
beginning the meal. So Jesus, the master, takes a towel, ties it around his waist, grabs a bowl of water, kneels before the disciples, and begins to wash their feet. That picture of servanthood. Even though Jesus is the teacher, even though he is the master, even though he's the king, he doesn't give a second thought to doing the lowliest and lousiest of jobs, washing another person's dirty feet. Only a, a job only for a servant. Later this week, we'll hear the prophet Isaiah on Friday describing what is known as the suffering servant, the prophecy. Isaiah is, as many Old Testament prophets, they are looking ahead toward the coming Messiah and the Savior and describes the kind of person that he will be. And it sounds familiar to us, doesn't it? He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, Like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before a shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. There's no glory here, right? Just a suffering servant. The king of glory is treated cruelly at the hands of his creation. He is mocked, he is whipped, he is nailed to a cross. He dies a shameful death. He dies as a criminal, allows all of this to happen because of love, right? Because of his love for you and for me, because of his desire that this relationship between God and humanity gets restored. He dies as a servant, meeting our greatest need. Forgiveness for the sin that plagues every moment of our lives here on earth. And being a servant is tough for Jesus. Because Satan is determined not to make it easy for him. Remember those temptations in the wilderness, right? Uh, The world didn't make it easy for Jesus. The crowds that day, they wanted to make Jesus the king. How tempting that must have been. Jesus' own humanity didn't make it easy for him to be a servant. Remember the prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane? Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. You know, neither is easy for us to be servants. Paul, in the verses leading up to our text today, says this. Writing to the Philippians and to us, he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, namely humility and service. So the apostle is urging us to uh, adopt that attitude of servanthood as those who've been who benefited from Jesus shedding all that power and glory to serve our needs, we're encouraged then, aren't we? We're, in, we're encouraged to be servants of Jesus and continue to carry on that ministry of service. Just as he has met our greatest need, we also encourage to meet others at the point of their greatest need. That might be the person who 
comes seeking assistance at the most inconvenient time, right? Or maybe it's that phone call with a plea for help that comes right in the middle of something that you're doing. That might be the request that seems like it's just way beyond our ability or capacity to handle. That might be the job that is easy and will help someone, but you just really don't want to do it, right? Being a servant is not easy. It's part of our sinful nature to do things only if, uh, you know, there's some kind of benefit to us, right? We don't want to give too much of ourselves away. After all, we've got responsibilities. But servanthood means just this, helping and caring with a humility and a love that wants to serve others unselfishly. Jesus once said, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so let's think on these things today and this week. First, as we enter Holy Week once again, let's reflect on the way that Jesus gave himself completely. He gave himself wholly to you and me. When we were in need, our sin would condemn us. We're cut off from God, and yet Jesus graciously suffered and died for you and me, a true servant. Secondly, let us enter Holy Week with a heart that is a heart of repentance. Let us be aware of the ways that we failed to be servants to one another. That selfish attitude grieves God. Let's take the time and reflect on what it means to be a servant, right? And let us determine to tear down those walls, those barriers of pride. And humbly serve at those points in people's lives where there is a need. And thirdly, as we enter Holy Week, let's take time to stand before the cross. Let's stand before the cross with thanksgiving. Let's stand before the cross with praise. Praise God for the total and complete way that Jesus gave himself for you and for me. We rejoice because we we know the end of the week, don't we? There's death. But then there is resurrection. He is our humbled servant king. May he bless you and me with the strength and the wisdom to live as he has, a humble servant to the world. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, our offerings to the Lord's work, they continue. Uh, You can do that by giving online, by texting to give. Uh, For those that are watching this morning, you can uh, send in those offerings to the office from home. Uh, As you leave today, the ushers will be here to collect those offerings as well. Uh, Jesus is that humble servant king, which means that we also serve in humbleness in his name. We serve by praying for others, by caring for others. We serve by serving others, all in the name of Jesus. And that is the love of Jesus in us in action. And that's the love that we share each and every day here at St. Paul's. Uh, your gifts to the ministry here help us to serve others in the name of Jesus. And, and we do it in so many different ways. And so we're thankful for your continued partnership in the gospel and also for your generous and your sacrificial gifts. Amen.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.